Live from the Thomas and Mac, it's Cofield and Company. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, 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 partying. Friday, 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 the uh, concourse, echoey concourse of the Thomas and Mac. We've got an 8 o'clock game tonight. We're out here generally every run and rebel game, uh, barring complications. Tonight, Fresno is in town. Fresno State experience team, deep team, athletic team has given the Rebels problems in the past, especially last year's team, which uh, the run and rebels group wasn't quite as uh, big or athletic as this group is. And, of course, uh, O-Rob is back in town. Orlando Robinson, who is a Las Vegas local, will tell the story at some point, I'm sure, during this show or during the game with John and Curtis and myself about Orlando Robinson not being recruited by UNLV. And uh, he just had 31 in his last game, is having another awesome year as a seven-footer with 19 points and eight and a half rebounds. So quite the test tonight. Got to stack wins. Got to stack wins if you're going to finish top three. In the Mountain West Conference, you got to stack wins and you got to win games at home against teams that are about your level. So Fresno State and UNLV coming up 7.30 with Running Rebel warm-up right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Great job on the open by Ari and something called uh, 20 Forever. I think I'll go with that pronunciation as uh, – that person on the internet stole a bunch of uh, ESPN highlights, so we steal it right back. But that was really good. Go check that out. We'll uh, we'll retweet that. But uh, throughout the highlights, the ups and downs of this Raiders season, you heard Ryan Clark, who I know Ari's going to book in the next couple of weeks. Ryan Clark mocking on the Raiders, saying they're uh, the folks at a family reunion that no one wants there. What? Uh, SVP acting a fool, laughing. All right. Scott Van Pelt. All right. Uh, Stephen A., poking fun in previous years at Raider Nation. You hear Derek Carr. You hear local jabroni reporter talking about historic tailspin. What? Wow, okay. Four in a row to close the season. Wishful thinking, local jabroni reporter. Get a sports reporter over there. Uh, Steve Levy with a call there. Max Crosby talking about the team being forged by fire. Stephen A. then going on his uh, Derek Carr is an elite quarterback bit. And apparently the person who put that together, uh, maybe not a Brent fan because they uh, stole a Greg Papa touchdown from the past. We're Brent fans. And then Derek Carr with the motivational speech before the Chargers game. And here we are. Playoffs for Las Vegas. Our National Football League team finally with fans in the stadium. Did it pay a difference or dividends down the stretch? You bet your ass it did. The environment last week was awesome. At the Al, I hope a lot of Raiders fans are traveling for tomorrow's game to Chile, Cincinnati, uh, one of the places you can generally get tickets and get resale tickets for pretty cheap. So there shouldn't be a reschedule, right? Screw job on the fans like there was with the, the Browns game. So we are all ready to go. And if you want one further bit of motivation for the Raiders, because, come on, most people out there are picking the Raiders to lose. Oh, uh, they've got a point differential of – Minus 65. They're a team that doesn't really deserve to be in the playoffs. The Bengals 
are the better team. And now a further piece of motivation includes, and it's just a small one, a very small one. But the all-pro team comes out today. Max Crosby doesn't make the first team. That's bunk. And maybe the team MVP, Daniel Carlson, who had one of the greatest seasons in the history of NFL kicking, is second team to that non-playoff bum, Justin Tucker. Post that in the locker room. Do it for Daniel. I like it. When kickers and kicking awards get you pissed off, you know you're a motivated team. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll get set up for the show here. It is Cofield and Company on the road here at the Thomas and Mac. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. You know, when I'm not out there, I can think these thoughts of, like, you know, the team is balling without me being in there. Is this, like, you know, am I, like, useless? And it's just, like, these irrational thoughts. So it's just, like, staying locked in, like you said. Like, I have to do that because my mind can take me to those places, and um, I don't want to be there anymore. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Thomas and Mack. A lot of crazy storylines for the Raiders as they get ready for their first playoff game in a half decade. Willie's here. It's Cofield. Thomas and Mack is here before a UNLV basketball game tonight. I was just talking about the all-pro teams coming out. Daniel Carlson does not make first team. Justin Tucker. Um, So there's a little extra motivation. And, you know, one of the weirdest pieces of motivation that I guess you wouldn't expect is a – extra driven Darren Waller who talked about the fact that he you know he got kind of down in the dumps you know he's a guy battling addiction every single day he was out for four or five weeks and even he started thinking like am I valuable to this team do they need me look at what they're doing without me so I'm sure Darren Waller will be max motivated tomorrow in Cincy it is something that people seem to forget Um, across the board in, in every walk of life, I think, is is that um, when you are going through what Darren Waller went through um, and, and, and beyond when you're going through mental health issues and you have idle time, idle, t- idle time's the devil's workshop, right? It's, 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 there's more to it than rehabbing the injury um, and, and coming back from. You have to also sort of refresh and regenerate those healthy mental vibes in order to get in a right place, um, right frame of mind and, and remind yourself that, you know, you're going to be able to come back stronger. You're going to be able, everything's going to be okay. Cause you start questioning things and uh, no matter how good you are, it doesn't matter who, who you are, right? Darren Waller, Max Crosby. Um, you know, when you're battling things and battling demons, it, it can get the best of you. So um, kudos to him because, you know, he, he has an added, sort of an added adversity in times like this that, that he has to, uh, you know, I don't want to say overcome, but he has to endure because he's somewhat overcome them already. But now you're just continually fighting that. And you and I had the discussion before the Chargers game about do they need him for the game? And I forget what the other word was. We kept use. going back. Yeah, can they use him? Do they need him? Uh, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, on the football field, yes, they need him. And he needed last week. Because he pointed out that he and Derek Carr, or maybe Carr did, but there was a little bit of rhythm issues. I know Waller had one catch where it was an amazing catch. He had did some drops too. But he had one catch where Derek Carr threw behind him, and it was basically on his 
Uh, I think it was on his right butt cheek. Yeah. And some I don't know how the hell he caught it, but he caught it. Um, but then he had some plays that you know, were kind of simple drops. So getting some of that rust off last week, I think, is massive going into this Bengals game. Right, you have to get your timing back. You have to get your you have to get back in sync when you know when you become accustomed to how Hunter Renfro is running routes or you know what you're looking for downfield. Brian Edwards we saw brought into the mix, um, and Zay Jones, completely different bodies also, completely different speeds and and, and nuances and tendencies. So with Darren Waller, not that he doesn't. You know, I mean, Derek Carr's a veteran, but you just have to get those that timing back and remind yourself what, where the ball needs to be placed, what he's going to be doing, what speed he's moving at. And um, his, his part on the, in the unit, um, now that Renfro has sort of emerged as the top target this, um, this season, um, is, is now teams have to focus on where he's at at all times. And in a game like what we're going to see, um, where the temperature is going to be 32 degrees or colder, uh, those quick shots, you know, Derek Carr, Derek Carr does not want to take shots in the, in, in the backfield. He does not want to get hit in cold weather like that. Your bones are a little more brittle, and, you know, you just you don't want to be on the ground. And you, you, you want to come out of there clean. And so those quick shots to bigger bodies like Darren Waller are going to be needed this week. But the same token, when he can attract the extra defender and keep the Bengals on their toes and keep them focused on him, it's going to free up at some point the likes of Hunter Renfro, the likes of Zay Jones, possibly Brian Edwards, who could be key in this game in terms of his height, um, for taking shots down the field, going man-to-man, putting that one-on-one to somebody, and, and, and throwing the long ball here and there. want to remind everyone, really cool tomorrow, we've got a great viewing party with Cofield and company and Ari on the road, uh, north side of town, Sky Bar and Grill, relatively new bar uh, up north on 9830 West Canyon. Check that, West Sky Canyon Park Drive as uh, the Bengals are hosting your Las Vegas Raiders. You wear a Raiders jersey. You get the first draft beer on the house. That's for free, 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 free. $4 draft beers throughout the game, $5 craft drafts, $20 buckets. Ari will be there until 4.30 giving out cool prizes. Uh, Those specials are in effect for all VGK games as well. They've got an awesome menu with the uh, brick oven chicken sandwich. Got the baby back stack. Great dessert menu as well. When I dip, you dip, we dip. I like that one. Cereal cake, batter dip, served with animal crackers and seasonal fruit. Healthy at the end there. Very good selection at Sky Bar and Grill. One thirty starts for the game. Ari will be there from 1 o'clock on until 4.30 as the Raiders are taking on Cincinnati. I'm disappointed that you didn't throw it in the lyric the way that it's supposed to be sung. When I dip, you dip, we dip. Ari, you have the music handy, I'm sure. Punch it up on the Commodore 64 and see if Willie nailed it. He did not. Which I'm means you're not going to great. pump up the you're Commodore crazy. 64, so we come up short on music Ari, again. don't make me drive up West Lamont and come get you. Write it on the Ari Tees board. Sorry, I was distracted by all that deliciousness you were just talking about. Yes, and Ari will be out there. And uh, from what I hear, our favorite server, Shandis, will not be there, but the other servers have been notified that Ari will be on the scene. So It's going to be a great time. I mean, 
you know, you never know who's going to pop in there and visit and put a get a surprise visit. I'm just saying. Make sure you take care of the servers and bartenders and Ari. Treat them right because I'm not lying. We know people there. We know people everywhere. I will try to keep the substitutions on my uh, menu items to a minimum. Uh, yes, everything <laughs> needs to be very plain. And, frankly, if you order anything, which you will because you always eat, uh, you're a... Oh, yeah. I was going to say a chronic eater, but I guess uh, that would be for fat people. But I mean, uh, Ari needs to eat every three hours or he dies. Um, special orders also include taking stuff off whatever meal. So whatever it has, leave it on or else. Will you be on the mic, Ari? Of course he will. All right. Yeah, yeah when I'm not eating, yes. <laughs> when, he's not, when he's not eating, there you go. There you go. All right. We're going to talk to Stanford Route in about uh, six minutes. But the other great storyline going into this game, there's so many storylines the gritty, uh, gritty, gritty, gutty, resilient Raiders have overcome so much, a lot of it's their own doing, all behind the leadership of the guy that no one thought could be a head coach, very few thought could be a head coach, would be the head coach moving forward, Richie B. Here we go. This is exactly what I predicted, what I had hoped for. We On this show, everyone else discounted the fact that uh, Basaccia had a chance. I told you if they went out, they make the playoffs, they win a playoff game, it's all in front of him now, Willie. It's all in front of him. All he's got to do is get into the Super Bowl. I still don't believe that. I think immense pressure will be put on by the Raider fan base because all if they sudden, win a playoff game. Because all of a sudden Mark Davis listens to the fan base because the fan base signs the checks. Well, you know, the, I was, I'm going to make this sound negative, but the longer this thing drags out, which is really good for Raiders fans, that means they're winning – uh, the Can less chance that they're going to the less chance they're going to land some big name. Mm. Is that are those big so, names going to wait around? So where's Jim Harbaugh going to be hired? I think we'll stay at Michigan because I think the Raiders are probably the only job he's really interested in. I mean, let's be honest, most of the jobs around the NFL stink and don't have a quarterback and ownership is absolutely dreadful. So why would you go work for the Maras or the McCaskies? They've proven they're horrific owners over the last 5 6 years. Does the manner in which Cincinnati if it were to beat the Raiders on tomorrow. Wait, what is that? Wait, so you're like throwing it out there as a guarantee. The, no, I said, I used the word if. Okay, I didn't hear if. In the manner in which the Bengals, if they beat the Raiders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tomorrow, have a factor on Basachi's future, meaning Bengals no. win last no. second. No. They're competitive. Bengals win 32 nothing. No. Doesn't matter. Win and you're in. Lose and you're out. Oh, losing, you're out. Versace is out of the mix. It, last second. Sadly, wow. yes. Because last Gotta second win. Gotta win a playoff game. Got to do something that you haven't done in, what, freaking 18, 19 years. Wow. You do that. I mean, you break through the barrier, finally win a playoff game this century. Well, I mean, they won one. They won a bunch, but it's been they a long time went. earlier this century that they won a playoff game. They went to the Super Bowl. Yes. And faced John Gruden and lost. It's all out there. Richie B, win it. Get it done. We're behind you, buddy. Cooper's under center. Here's Eckler. He's in the backfield. He didn't get it. Greater football. Greater football at the 15-yard line. The riverboat gambler rolls snake eyes, baby. That can happen in Las Vegas. Here we go. Now back to Cofield and Company. Live from the Thomas and Mack.
Willie requests music, and then Ari just completely denies him. I, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on, Willie. This yeah, is he, not this he, is not Basatia like Raider cohesion on this unit, like we're seeing with uh, Las Vegas. Well, you know, I mean, you're Basatia. I'm Bradley. Obviously, he's dropping the ball as Olson. I don't get it. Yeah. Well. Well, we'll we know yeah. he'll have Ari, to, Ari calling it Bush League. He'll but, have to uh, go when the season ends. But he's he's pretty much doing what he wants. We we call for music, and what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Bush League, you put us in a position to be Bush League, Ari. Get it together. You, you didn't have it on deck, and yet Steve found it in minutes. <laughs> in seconds. When you listen back later today to the podcast version on LVSportsNetwork.com, you will know why I said Bush League. Stanford, right. we, we understand it sounded like crap. Oh, no, we, 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 we know. We know we it sounded hear. like crap. We, we know. know. See, we know. this team right here would go to Cincinnati and would lose 44 nothing. That, that's, that's a key. When you go into the playoffs, you got to be together. Stanford route is well aware of this. He's a guy who played in the NFL. You hear us bickering, Stanford. These things cannot happen. And you know what? Down the stretch with the Raiders, they did not happen. They were a unit moving in one direction. Oh, man, you got to love it. Uh, and it just goes to show they showed up. They shut up a lot of naysayers, uh, especially last week, because in years past, that would have been a game that they would have lost. They would have found a way to somehow lose that game. And I'm just so proud of them that they were able to go ahead and prevail, made it a little bit more interesting than they should have or needed to, being up 29-14 with just four and a half minutes left to go in the game. But nonetheless, Josh Jacobs making some big runs down the stretch. Obviously, Max Crosby showing why he's an all-pro right now. And then Derek Carr making those big throws whenever he needed to. It was just a fun uh, sight to see. And glad to see that now we're playing tomorrow afternoon against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think that they're going to find a way to pull it out. Stanford, at, right after the Chargers game, I had a chance to catch up with Charles Woodson. We, we, we were chatting outside the, uh, the interview room, the locker room. They were doing some um, – just some interviews with TV, radio requests, so on and so forth. And he had mentioned, you know, when everybody, not one person, of course, outside the organization, gave them a chance to make that run. And it and it, and it, somewhat took a wherewithal within the confines of that locker room in each position room. Take us inside and, and what takes place when the going gets rough and when a team is down to its, you know, when it's down to its last – you know, chance, and there's X amount of weeks left, and and the the conversations and how you have to bring each other together. Take us through and, and what could have been taken taken place. The conversations those last four weeks. Oh man, uh, probably uh, no room for error. Balls to the wall. Go ahead and leave it all out on the field. Things like that. Just because you're right, they were they, their backs were to the wall. They did not have any room. Any any small uh, space for error because they painted themselves in that corner, getting blown out by the Chiefs twice, the inexplicable uh, loss to the Washington football team, the, things like that, even losing to the Bengals the way they did back in, I believe it was late November, they seemed like they were just running in mud like the entire game. So, yeah, they put themselves in that position and they found a way to go ahead and shovel themselves out of it. And I think uh, when you go back and you look at the game that got rescheduled to Monday night against the Cleveland Browns, they come up with that victory. Then this uh, Christmas weekend, they beat the Denver Broncos. New Year's weekend, they beat the Indianapolis Colts, led by Carson Wentz, who had MVP candidate Jonathan Taylor that the Raiders did a pretty good job of uh, stopping him, uh, albeit he still had over 100 yards, but I think they did a pretty good job against him. And then you come to the game that everybody's wanting to see, Sunday Night Football against Justin Herbert, who's a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. He's a budding superstar. And because of how the Raiders, this is now their second – 
appearance since they lost the Super Bowl back in the 2002 season. Because of that, you naturally think, oh, the Red is going to find a way to F it up. They're going to find a way to just go ahead and blow this. And so that's where you're now starting to see a little bit of a different resiliency. You're seeing some different grit out of this team. Maybe it's John Madden up there in the, in the skies above shining down upon us. But you're starting to see how they're able to overcome adversity. The John Gruden fiasco, seeing the Henry Rugg situation play out. Then the Damon Arnett, even the Nate Hobbs getting the DUI right after they have the victory against the Indianapolis Colts. It's just coming to show that this team is getting to the point where now they're wearing that adversity as a badge of honor. Almost kind of like they have they now have a callus around their entire body and even their minds where they're not going to let that outside distraction affect them from the point at hand on the field, and it's beautiful to see. These are going to be two different teams that we see on the field that we saw when Cincinnati came to Las Vegas and win 32-13. And I want to point out that when they won that game, even Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon both made a point because I sat in that post-game press conference, and it said that the first half was close and the score was not indicative and it just took them wearing down the defense before Mixon burst out and had a big game. But two different teams are going to take the field, one with a wealth of confidence, that being the Raiders. Can that off-the-field intangible in terms of that new confidence, that grit, that nasty, filthy, just attitude to win, can that make a difference in this first game, on the road, in the cold, can that be an intangible that can overcome arguably maybe a, a, a more talented team? Yes, I definitely believe that uh, that, that can uh, play a big part. And I think that when you look at any team that's ever gone on a deep run in the playoffs or winning the Super Bowl like the uh, New York Giants back in 2007, 2011, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, every game was played on the road except the big one where they played at home, and that was just – pre-scheduled by the NFL as to why the Super Bowl was going to be in Tampa Bay. But all I'm simply saying is, yes, you can draw from those, and that gives you that extra bit of confidence of, okay, fellas, look at everything that we've gone through this year. Look at everything we've had to endure. That shows right there we are battle-tested. We're four tough, so we can hang with this team. And to your point, you're right, it was pretty close in the first half, and then that's when they start to lean on the Raiders, and everything just kind of started to just go ahead and break away towards that second half. And I think that because from Thanksgiving to the present, you see they go, they play against the Dallas Cowboys, they do a pretty good job against the Dallas Cowboys run game. Then you see the Cleveland Browns. You got Nick Chubb, Pro Bowl running back. Then they go against Jonathan Taylor. Some people would have given him MVP votes if the Colts would have made it to the playoffs and did a pretty good job against him as well. I feel like this team is now starting to come around as far as the run defense. Obviously, we see that they gave up big plays down the stretch in the past game to a Justin Herbert, which made the game go into overtime, even though it should have never even got that close. But all I'm simply saying to you is that that level of confidence, that adversity that you have to endure that does breed certain levels of, 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 uh, of resiliency, and that helps you be successful because you know you've been through the fire and you know that you've been able to come out unscathed. The former Raiders stand for route up on Cofield and Company as we get ready for the uh, 1.30 kick tomorrow, Raiders and Bengals. Let's talk about the Bengals' talent. Why? I mean, you play the position. You had to defend guys like this. Why is Jamar Chase so good? Uh, I mean, uh, why isn't he? He's uh, pretty fast. 
He's got great hands. He runs good routes. He's got that dog in him. Everything that we saw him do when he won the Blitnikoff Award at LSU. And then the following year, he opts out. Doesn't even play the season. And then, oh, yeah, the following draft right after that, he still goes to the first receiver taken, number five overall. So, uh, And then, obviously, that's why Joe Burrow was so good his last year at LSU, along with Jamar Chase and even their college teammate, uh, Justin Jefferson, for the Minnesota Vikings, respectively. I think that he has all the tools. We see that he broke Chad Johnson's single-season receiving record. So that alone right there tells you that he has all the makings of a superstar receiver going to the Pro Bowl as a rookie, which is big. And for, I don't care for what position that the, uh, that, that the guy is playing. And he's somebody that, that is definitely going to have the red dot that I'm pretty sure Gus Bradley's had on all week of, hey, guys, we cannot let this guy get off. We have to make sure that we take care of him. We got to make sure that we bottle him up. We got to sometimes double team him or maybe even triple team him, things like that. So, uh, I, I mean, when you ask – like what is it that makes him good? I, 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 he he has every tool in the in, in the tool bag. It's more about like what doesn't he have to make him good. On the flip side, what makes Hunter Renfro good? Because maybe he doesn't have every tool in the tool bag. <laughs> I mean, you know what, what I makes mean? Hunter he's, Renfro he's good? Tremendous. It, what makes him good is that he's very precise. He runs very precise routes, and as you've noticed, uh, going from Clemson now to the Oakland and Las Vegas Raiders. Because of the pass game, the way it has exploded all throughout football, whether it's high school, college, or for the professional ranks, now the slot receiver in many ways, Cooper Cup, he's, he leads the league in receiving yards and, to, and catches and touchdown catches. So I think that the slot receiver is pretty much now the most valuable position on the field next to quarterback, and that is something that Hunter Renfro has done a great job of mastering with noticing the soft spots within the defense, being able to find that honey hole so he can set it down and Derek Carr can go ahead and strike it to him for the first down. Or if it's man coverage, he'll give you three different moves all wrapped up into one. And for any type of DB, you're going to wind up being spun like you're a spinning top, trying to go ahead and corral him all game long. So I think that right there is just like a perfect storm because he understands defenses. He understands what his strengths are. He knows what his deficiencies are, and he's so precise with his routes. He's able to overcome the fact that he's not 6'2". He's able to overcome the fact that he probably doesn't run any faster than, let's say, a 4'5 or a 4'440 or something like that. He doesn't jump really, really high. But you don't need to be the better athlete per se to be successful on the football field. All you got to do is understand leverage. You got to understand angles and you got to be precise with your movements, not any wasted movement like I see some guys do. And then when you have a quarterback who's pretty accurate, like a Derek Carr, especially when he's throwing in between the numbers right there, it's a beautiful scene. You know, it's funny, Stanford, we have grown accustomed to players missing practice throughout the NFL season because of injuries and more importantly, the COVID stuff, and I think a lot of people just assume, ah, no practice, not a big deal, but it is a big deal. Carson Wentz, I thought, played like hell against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was really interesting this week. Uh, Derek Carr and Darren Waller talking about the fact that, you know, Waller was out, wasn't practicing, and they weren't in rhythm. How did guys who played together that long fall out of rhythm, and how important do you think it was that Waller actually came back and got a game under his belt before the biggest game? Well, for one, I can tell you just like this, uh, unless you've been playing together for like a number of years, like how you would see a Jerry Rice and a Steve Young, a Jerry Rice and a Joe Montana, or let's say, you know, right now in modern day game, I think, you know, what 
Deshaun Watson, how he had that with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. When you see guys who have been together for a number of years, not just a couple, a number of years, Calvin Johnson and uh, Matthew Stafford for the Detroit Lions, that's when you're able to have some time off and then you still are able to kind of come back and you have that instant synergy where it doesn't seem like you've got to get back on the same page. But whenever you've been only dealing with somebody for a year or two, like a Darren Waller and a Derek Carr, it's real easy to go ahead and kind of lose a little bit of that synergy, lose a little bit of that uh, of that, that inner telepathy that, uh, that a quarterback and his favorite receiver may have just because, guys, you can just – miss a week of practice and then your time is a little bit off this is these are prime choice prime cut athletes playing at the highest level so it's not as hard as one would surmise that two players getting out of sync per se just from having some time off you got to remember darren waller got hurt on thanksgiving against the dallas cowboys hurt his back and he's pretty much been missing uh many of the games ever since coming back obviously against the uh los angeles Chargers. but yeah it is not hard to go ahead and lose that uh that synergy to lose that timing that you may have with your favorite quarterback talking to former raider stanford route stanford you mentioned Derek carr four quarterbacks will take the field tomorrow night or tomorrow throughout the day um, and between Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, Josh Allen, they have a combined 103 starts, 104 appearances altogether. Derek Carr has 127, but has never been in the playoffs. Has he proven with these game-winning drives, these fourth-quarter comebacks, he ranks, he's tied for number one in both categories since he entered the league. Has he proven that no playoff experience, that's fine, but in the clutch, in those waning moments, that, you know what, some of these guys, I mean, Josh Allen isn't playing in this game, but but when it comes to playoff experience, he can live up to this challenge tomorrow. I think that uh, Raider Nation is probably split on Derek Carr still. I love the fact that he was able, able to propel this team to making it to the playoffs, especially after the season that we've had when it, came, when it comes down to adversity, distractions, things like that. I think for Raider Nation, I think they're still split because, okay, we know that Derek Carr is – is a is a great quarterback we know that we saw 2016 when he was an nfl mvp candidate for crying out loud when they went 12 and 4 but we all remember he gets hurt against the indianapolis colts and then he does not start in the playoffs they lose the first game wild card round to the houston texans i think it was brock osweiler was the quarterback back then, uh, back then crying out loud and i think that because everybody knows what Derek Carr's ceiling is, because they know what his true potential is, they just want to see that more game in, game out on a consistent level. So when you look at a Derek Carr, I believe this year he was 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. That is something that he could do so much better on. I believe he's fifth in the league in, uh, in passing yards, somewhere around 4,800. And then I believe he's got a 68 completion percentage, Joe Burrow leading with a 70 completion percentage. So you know that... Derek Carr's ceiling. You know what his potential is. And I think for a lot of fans, they want to see that more consistently. Don't just go ahead and have this great game like you do against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving and then turn around and have a dud against the Washington football team. You got to be able to go ahead and have those layups, those routine games where, okay, it's not on national TV. You're playing against a team who is inferior to you. You're playing against a team who you easily should beat. 
and you got to go ahead and do that easily and routinely. I think that right there to me is why Raider Nation is still split. So I think that for tomorrow, this being his first career playoff game, not his first career playoff appearance, but this is his uh, his first career playoff game. I think that Raider Nation is really going to be on pins and needles watching to see how Derek Carr is going to perform because, mind you, he's going against Joe Burrow, who's in his second year. Derek Carr is in his eighth season. So by all accounts, you're supposed to win this game. You're going against a younger quarterback. You're going against an inexperienced quarterback, albeit we all know Joe Burrow's real good. Ain't no doubt about that. Got great weapons around him. But if you right here should be the quarterback going forward for the Las Vegas Raiders, this is a game that you should win. No excuses about it. Well, let's hope we talk next week about a, another playoff game on the way. Stanford, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. See ya. You guys be good, man. Be safe. And, uh, hey, Raider Nation. There he is. Stanford Route, the former Raider with the uh, Oakland Raiders from uh, 2005 to 2011. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Is Rich Bisaccia going to keep the job? And I think there's a possibility that the answer is yes, but I also think there's a possibility Mark Davis, the owner, has had his eye on someone else. If, Even as if you, they win? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If they win and you hold it off, like does that, that just goes further. But if you lose, and let's say you get blown, let's say you look bad, and you yeah, lose, yeah, yeah. then all of a sudden maybe that prompts ownership to go back and say, you know what, maybe we should just stick with the plan. Now back to Cofield and Company, live from the Thomas & Mack. I like that. Dan Graziano, ESPN. So you're saying you don't know. Because Mark Davis doesn't know. know. Although we think we know. We think we know. I scared you a little bit. I was very fired up. When I first heard that uh, Rich Basaccia should be considered for the job, I've been saying that for at least four or five weeks now. we got Raiders and Bengals going down on Saturday. we got a three-game slate on Sunday with Philly Tampa, San Fran Dallas, and Pittsburgh and KC. Amber Thea Harris. Works for Sirius XM. She's going to be doing a 6A to 9A show leading into the big Sunday slate. She works for our good buddy Nick Pavlados over there, and she gives us a couple minutes out here in Vegas on Cofield and Company. Amber, how are you? Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we're fired up. We're fired up. So, truth be told, we uh, expected if you come on this week and we'd be talking about uh, maybe Jim Harbaugh and who the next Raiders coach was going to be, but uh, Richie B. Bisaccia threw a wrench in all that, so Derek Carr, and we got a playoff game at hand here. We'll get to the coaching stuff in a couple of minutes, but uh, how do you think the Raiders are going to do against Cincy? Yeah, I mean, the Raiders keep, they, they keep messing up these plans to uh, fill the coaching void there by winning, so it confuses everything, <laughs> but I think the fans in Vegas are happy about that. Um, you know what? I, it's, it's a tough situation. Um, I am a, I'm very openly on all of my shows, big, big fan of Derek Carr, but that, you know, that kind of stems from Obviously, seeing what he has done as a leader, what he has done as a man, the way he's handled adversity throughout his career, and especially this year, putting an exclamation point on that. Um, but, you know, I worked for many, many years with David Carr, his brother, on NFL Network, and got really got to know their family um, very well, and just a fan of the family, and uh, understand the kind of people that they are. So it's no surprise to me that we are seeing uh, what we're seeing, you know, that we're seeing this leadership um, and somebody like a Derek Carr get his due and get the team into the playoffs. And look, like, they're catching a little bit of lightning in the bottle in a bottle right now. And I think it's fun for everybody to watch. Now, um, you know, as far as being able to make it deep into the playoffs, 
I don't know if that's going to be uh, the situation because, you know, um, I just think that the, sorry, I, can you guys hear me? My, my thing just went out. Can, do I still have oh, you? Oh, you're good. You're oh, yeah, good. we got yep. you. Yep. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like they're a team that, number one, they can beat you late in the game, um, and I think that's always good in the playoffs. Um, they're a team that can get after you defensively. Um, the way that Max Crosby has been playing is like somebody that is possessed. I think Yannick Ngakwe is uh, going to play like a man possessed as well. Um, and, you know, would I be surprised if they can pull out a win in the wild card round? Maybe, maybe, but I don't, I don't know if uh, going to the divisional round would be something uh, that I see. Amber, I got to ask you, you, you mentioned working with David Carr. Um, this has been just such a wild season for the Raiders. I know for me, covering for the Associated Press and being out there mm-hmm. two, three times a week and, and just ins and outs. But, you know, everything that went down with Gruden and then the Rugs week and, and then being on the air to t- have to talk about it and write about it and uh, talking about such a tragedy for a young woman um, on a national level when you're working on the network and you're working alongside the big brother of someone who's the, the, the face of the franchise – what what's that? What what's it been like this year to cover and sort of just sort? I mean, you can stay objective, but when you have someone like David who is as passionate as he is about his brother, and before all of the stuff that took that took place this season, was saying that this is a team that could make a run through the playoffs, and said that his brother was a Super Bowl quarterback. What was it like on a national level? I'm just curious. You know, it's always tough when, whenever you have connection to somebody kind of personally and then you're also watching what's going on, trying to be an objective person in the media. Um, but, you know, truth be told, after the Henry Rugg situation, when Derek said, you know, he needs somebody to love him right now and I'll be, I'll be that person, I, I reached out to David and I did say to David, you know, you know, I've never, I've never really reached out to him about his brother. You know, it's not like something we talk about a lot. But I just reached out and said, I just wanted you to know that, you know, and, and we, we share the same faith as Christians. And, and I was like, I just wanted you to know that that was an example of, like, you know, to me, a lot of people from the outside saw that as, you know, how could you make such a mistake that you ended up taking somebody's life? And there was a lot of anger towards Henry Ruggs. And, I, and truth be told, I said to him, you know, I think as, as – you know, your brother was a good example of, of what we really talk about with Christianity, and that's loving unconditionally and, and um, trying to find a way to help people when they're in need. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about that. And, and I think that just – and he said, look, if anybody is, what, is made to handle this kind of situation, it's my little brother. Um, and that's where I think my opinion of him as a leader grew even more. Even though I've covered him for so many years now – um, I think being able to do that and kind of flip the script and, and offer love in a time and, and support in a time where so many people were vilifying Henry Ruggs, who should fully be held responsible and, and prosecuted, I believe. But I think as a leader of a football team, if I'm looking at that inside of the locker room, if I'm one of his teammates, I'm like, wow, if he did that for him in his darkest hour, what would he do for me? Man, I'm going to go to battle for this guy this weekend against the Bengals or whatever it is, you know? Yep, that's good stuff. Real good stuff. Amber Thea Harris is with Cofield and Company. All right, well, 
You know, early in the week I saw your tweet about uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Raiders. So what do you think is going on? What are you hearing? And uh, obviously this is a bizarro position because if Passaccia keeps winning, then he's going to be in stronger and stronger position to upset what I think is the Raiders' plan to move on and get a big name. I think, you know, I worked with Mike Mayock for a really long time. And one thing I can say about Mike Mayock is he's probably the most prepared. Uh, he was my coworker at NFL Network. He's probably one of the most prepared people in all of football. He has a plan behind a plan behind a plan. So you have to go back, uh, you know, last week when, like, hey, the Raiders are, are going on a good run. Uh, I think the Raiders as an organization, of course, they were hoping for a playoff run or to get into the playoffs, but they're also thinking ahead to who is going to be their next head coach because they were one loss away from having to begin the process and be right in with, you know, everybody else. The eight other teams, you know, a quarter of the league right now we're seeing within this first week after the regular season. So I think, you know, there's, a, there's plans. Uh, I think there's ideas. Um, you know, when I say I have birdies, I'm not an insider. I'm not, uh, I am not um, Adam Schefter. I, I've never reported anything officially. But I do have a lot of friends around the league. And when you ha- hear birdies and you, they come from credible sources and people that have never steered you wrong, um, then, you, then, you know, you kind of pass that on to your following. Of, yep. Hey, you know, I'm hearing something's going on, you know, not reporting anything officially, but uh, something's going on. And, and, you know, I never connected Jim Harbaugh to the Raiders. Uh, I'm just saying this I'm, as we're both talking in the same breath about the Raiders situation and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, let's go with what we know, right? Jim Harbaugh has been very open to his, um, some of his recruits about he would entertain going back to the NFL, I believe was the quote. He would entertain going, going uh, taking a job with the NFL. So he's a hot college coach right now, just had a great year at Michigan. He was pretty pissed off at Michigan for having to take yep. a pay cut. So it kind of seems like it's this perfect storm to come back to the NFL. We have eight positions open with the NFL. And when I, when I say, like, when people are trying to figure out what's going on, let's look at what we know. We know that the Raiders have not said Rich Passaccia is going to be the coach for next year. They have not said that. They, they have uh, – has Jim Harbaugh come out and said, I'm, uh, I, this is nonsense, I'm 100% going to be with Michigan next nope. year? No. Has Michigan come out and said that? Has nope. Michigan come out and said, <laughs> he is not going anywhere, we've talked to him? No. So, and then also another fact, as we hear all these rumors today uh, about the other seven teams that have coaching openings, you're hearing all of these coaching names and candidates, and they're really screening at this point, just talking to people on Zoom and things like that. Have you heard Jim Harbaugh's name with one other organization? No. No. So uh, I'm just putting out there what we know, right? Yep. yep. And, and, <laughs> so, and, you know, I'll, I'll throw this one. Change. I'll throw this one in from being on the ground here in Vegas. Uh, you know, we heard Adam Schefter say, more likely than not, Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan. But, if, you know, someone blows him away with an offer. But, uh, you know, if there's any owner who's going to blow him away, we saw Mark Davis kind of break the mold on <laughs> coaching contracts with John Gruden in his 10-year deal. And let's be frank, Mark Davis is now flush with money. He didn't have any money because of the cash poor situation in Oakland. He just stole Becky Hammond from the NBA, and he's going to pay her God knows what to coach in the WNBA. Not a bad thing, but, hey, he wanted her. He got her. If any owner in the NFL is going to go gaga and blow away Jim Harbaugh if he really wants him, it's Mark Davis. And also, of all the coaching positions, if you are Jim Harbaugh and you have a choice, 
Yep. And the Raiders, this is all hypothetical. And the Raiders, you know, your your dad goes back, the Harbaugh family goes back with the Davis family, something you're very comfortable with. Again, all hypothetical. Would you take the job? Blown away. I, I think uh, for a Harbaugh best, type. You think the, it's the best coaching position that's available if he wants to return to the NFL? Well, I think it's the, if you're going to go for a second go around, you better make sure you have a quarterback. And Derek Carr, I don't think it's a top five guy, but he's a top 10 guy. And if you're giving me working for the Maras and working with Daniel Jones and an unknown, or I get to work with Justin Fields and the McCaskey family, I'll pass on those last two. Yeah. And I, and I'm definitely, you know, Trevor Lawrence is pretty, uh, that, you know, that would lure me, but I wouldn't want to go play for Jacksonville. And I definitely right. wouldn't want to go, excuse me, coach for Jacksonville uh, under a GM that's still <laughs> there in Trent Bulky that, you know, the last five coaches under him have been fired. So yeah. um, when you look at the, the positions that are open, if there, if there was one that Jim Harbaugh would seem to be a good fit, you know, we, we don't know. And I do think that um, them winning and getting to playoffs and the game against the Bengals and making it to the wild card round this has been great. I think it was unexpected by the organization. Um, so let's wait it out. Let's wait it out and see. Now, should Rich Basaccia get a look? Yes. You're, if you're asking me as a football person, as a mm-hmm. football person, this is a man that's done the improbable, right? He has led a team that was, looked like it was sinking into the abyss amongst too much adversity and wouldn't be able to come back. Uh, they lose their head coach in the scandal. As you said, you listed everything that's going on. You can even talk about being pulled off the you know, team buses about to go play a game because of COVID yeah. and having that rescheduled. I mean, they've just been through so much, and Rich Passaccia uh, deserves a look. Now, we all that have been in the NFL for a long time, we all know that what should happen, what people deserve, doesn't always happen. If people got what they deserve, I don't think Brian Flores would be without a job right now in Miami. Um, also, you have to look at the fact that Las Vegas is – a, a team that is trying to brand itself right now. New city, um, you know, new fan base there in Vegas. Um, you know, if you come out and you announce and you're you know, going into your second year in this new stadium or third year technically, um, you know, Rich Versace is our guy. What does that look like from a business and marketing standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that, that Vegas is a town where you need to make a splash. And if you don't think ownership knows that, you know, then you're wrong. We moved to Vegas because of that. Um, everything's bigger in Vegas there. So, you know, those are what should happen maybe amongst people's football opinions and what Rich, Rich Passaccia has been able to do a football coach, but then there's also a business marketing branding side that will be considered going forward as well. But it does. I hope he makes it interesting. I hope the Raiders keep winning. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I want to see what happens. So do we on the ground here in Vegas. Amber, that was awesome. Really good spot, and we'll be listening to uh, your show on Sunday morning. Thank you so much audio problem earlier thanks guys for having me on there you go amber theo harris working for sirius xm on their nfl channel you can also hear her doing fantasy football with the nfl on westwood one finley toyota they'll do anything to sell you a car no toyota problem is too tough too large or too small keep your toyota running like a toyota